Welcome to Noggin, the Simple Psychology Podcast, where we discuss scientific research in simple and exciting ways that is applicable to everyone. I'm Ben Rasmussen. And I'm McKay Heaton. And we are your hosts. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Noggin. Today, we have a very special bonus episode. We're going to be talking about correlation versus causation in a revisitation of our episode that we did on fiction. So after we released our fiction episode, we received some questions from some listeners, which like we mentioned in a lot of our episodes, if you ever have any questions or feedback or concerns or even topic suggestions for us, go ahead and reach out to us at nogginpodcast at gmail.com. The question about the fiction episode was, hey, wait a minute, Ben and McKay, it sounds like those studies you talked about did not have causation. They were just correlations. It seems that fiction doesn't necessarily cause you to have more empathy, but that empathy and fiction are just correlated. They're associated. And so we thought it would be a good idea to talk about the difference between correlation and causation. This is a big statistical principle to understand as we're consuming research or as we're consuming information in the news and lots of other sources. People drop correlations all the time, and sometimes they overextend themselves a little bit, and they make it sound as if there's causality. So that was the question that we received from some of our listeners, is did we do that? And so we wanted to talk about what these studies showed as far as causality, and why they weren't just actually correlations. So what is the difference between a correlation and how do you prove that something causes something else? A correlation is just when two things are associated. One classic example to show the difference between correlation and causation is the correlation between crime and ice cream sales. So in many cities, there is a strong correlation between crime and ice cream sales. So the more crime you have, the more ice cream you sell. And so that sounds kind of silly to say that one causes the other. So you could make the argument, if you don't understand correlations and causation, that ice cream sales cause crime to go up. The ice cream is bad, we should ban ice cream altogether. However, that is not the case. Those things are just associated. There could be other variables that are influencing it. And theoretically, if we don't have causality proved, crime could just as easily cause the sale of ice cream. So maybe the more crime there is, the more ice cream people are eating. So maybe with all the bank robberies that are happening, with all the money people are stealing, they're going and buying ice cream. So the more crime you have, the more ice cream there is. That sounds absolutely ridiculous. But it's just a classic example we use in statistics to show the difference between correlation and causation. If you are actually interested in the reason behind the correlation between ice cream and crime, it is heat. So in the summer, people eat more ice cream. And in the summer, there tends to be more crime because of the heat. People just tend to commit more crimes when it's hotter outside. So that's the real reason. And that is just a simple example of the difference between correlation and causation. So how do we prove causality? The best way to do that is with experimental manipulation. So instead of going out and getting correlational research, just survey data, like going to a city and asking them how much ice cream they sell and also asking them what their crime rates look like, we go into a laboratory and we manipulate variables and we have random treatment assignments. And to explain what that means, I would like to go back to the fiction articles that we talked about. The reason that we wanted to do this Fiction Revisited episode, and the reason that we got this feedback is because the first time we went about this, we didn't necessarily explain this very well. So we thought it was a good idea to go back and talk about how these researchers actually established causality. 
So if you remember from the first article we talked about, there were 66 Dutch students who were separated into two groups. There was the control group, and then there was the fiction group. One thing to keep in mind here that is important to understand is that there was random treatment assignment. So of these 66 students, they didn't get to choose which group they were in. They were randomly assigned using some sort of random number generator. This controls for variability among participants. When you listen to the fiction episode, something you might have said to yourself was, hey, wait a minute, couldn't people who have been reading fiction their whole lives naturally have more empathy? Which is a very fair question to ask, because if there are ways that participants differ from each other and they were able to choose their group, then we wouldn't really know if it was the reading that caused them to have more empathy or if there's something else going on in their life that just naturally made them want to be in that group and naturally gave them more empathy. So random treatment assignment controls for that. It makes sure that if there's one person who is really high in empathy and another person who is really low in empathy before they even come to this study, there is equally likely chance that they'll be in the same group, they'll be in different groups, and it's random. So random treatment assignment is the first step in establishing causality. So there's not other we call confounding variables. Those are things that we don't measure that could be explaining the relationship. So in the ice cream and crime example, the heat was a confounding variable. In the correlation, they didn't measure the summer heat, and that was a confounding variable. That was the real reason that when crime goes up, ice cream sales go up. So they randomly assigned these students to groups, and then they had them read. Another thing to keep in mind, I don't know if we mentioned this in the fiction episode, is that they gave them the empathy scales before and after they read. So... They took the empathy scales, and then the two groups read, either the nonfiction passage or the fiction passage. And then, after they read it, they had them take it again. So this is something called temporal precedence. We can see that something is different after than it was before. You take a baseline, and then you do the experimental intervention, which in this case was reading. And then after, you test again, and you can see that there was a difference. And nothing happened in between the before and after, except the experimental intervention. So we know that the reason for the change in empathy was because of the experimental manipulation. So just to kind of recap, they had random treatment assignments. So participants were randomly assigned to one of the two groups, which controlled for the natural differences among people. Then they had them do a baseline empathy test. And in the second paper, same thing, they had them do a baseline theory of mind test. And then they had them read the passages, fiction or control, And then they had them do the empathy and the theory of mind test again. And they found that the participants in the groups that read the fiction had higher theory of mind scores and higher empathy scores. So that is how they were able to establish causality. It wasn't just a correlation. They were able to see that reading fiction actually caused these things. Just to recap everything that I went through, because this was pretty statistics heavy, but this is a really important thing to understand. Correlation and causation are different. (laughs) Every time I talk about correlation and causation, this is just an aside. So correlation is not causation. It's something that is really just driven into your brain in lots of classes that talk about statistics. And the, the other most common thing that I feel like American education teaches us is that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. So if there's two things that you ever learn from Noggin the Simple Psychology podcast, it's that correlation is not causation and the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Anyways, so just in summary... Correlation is just when two things are associated, two things are related. When ice cream sales go up, crime goes up. But it doesn't necessarily mean that one causes the other. And when we have causality, 
we do an experiment and we manipulate variables with random treatment assignment. So people are randomly assigned to groups to control for just the natural variation among people. And then there is variable manipulation, the variable in this case being a fiction passage or a nonfiction passage. And then they assess the change. So reading fiction caused a change in empathy in the fiction group. There was no such change in the control group. All right. I hope that clears things up a bit. Once again, thank you to our listeners who reached out to us and asked a question about this. This is a very fundamental research principle that is very important to understand. So I'm glad we were able to go over this. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. And I hope that you take this knowledge about the difference between correlation and causation and you use it. There are a lot of claims made that one thing causes another when in reality, they're just correlations. I hear that all the time. And I imagine that if you listen carefully, you will as well. So we can all be good citizens and we can point those things out. We can say, hey, that's just a correlation. We don't know if one of those things actually causes the other. There could be another lurking variable in there. It could be that the relationship actually goes a different way than you thought. So people think that ice cream causes crime. It could be that crime causes ice cream. That one is obviously not realistic, but I hope you see my point. Correlation is not causation and the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. been listening to noggin the simple psychology podcast thank you for listening to our show we really appreciate it we have shared with you only a few articles of the thousands that have been published on this subject though we wish we could go more in depth we hope you've enjoyed our introduction and interpretation of this topic we don't claim to know everything but we have shared with you our takeaways from reading this research i'm mckay and i'm ben and we hope you have a great rest of your day